What's up, kickbackers? This is Sabrina with my girl Sharika and our brother EB, inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of The Kickback. Hey guys, welcome to The Kickback. So glad you guys tuned in. EB, what's your temp today? Probably good, 82, 83. Nothing necessarily going wrong, but as far as how I'm feeling, it's just like getting towards the end of the year. We've entered the best month of the year. You know, just amazing people got birthdays this month. Shout out to Jesus. We're just going to go ahead and say that. You're just thinking about where we began in 2020, at least for me, when I reflect back, just thinking about in January, you got like, of course, the Kobe situation. Things were going swell in February. Some of us, we yep. kicked it in a place called, I think it was in Gatlinburg. So a little bit of traveling here and there. But then March came and COVID was like, y'all having a little too much fun too early in this year. And it just... Yep put us on a calm down seat, but just at times thinking that probably wouldn't even make it through this year. We're in December. Praise God for that. Yeah. So I would say I'm feeling good. I'm, I would say I'm in the 80s. It really is crazy to think back of all the things that happened this year. I'm a good 80. I'm doing well. Only thing that would have made it higher is I probably would have had a little more sleep. I'm a little tired today, but beyond that, I'm doing very well. I too am excited for the end of the year. Not because I have a birthday coming up, but just because this is the most wonderful time of the year. And if we ever need a Christmas, we need it now. Okay. And so we need Christmas. This year was tough, but I'm looking forward to the end of the year. Weekend, I have plans for Christmas. I'm watching the movies. I'm with the songs. I'm just ready for the joy of Christmas. That has been keeping my spirits up. Sabrina, what's your tip? I'm also doing really, really well. I'm so just happy and my soul's at peace. Maybe it's the time of the year. Maybe it's the fact that Florida got a cold front this week. And so I can wear the cute things and the scarves that I never get to wear. And I have to wear them this week because it will probably be like 90 degrees again. <laughs> I know. Next week. So things are going really well. Doug and I put up our Christmas tree on November 30th. And I was so happy because we were light years ahead of where we were last year. I think we put it up like a week before Christmas. We were just in our little marital bliss and just lazing around the house. But this year we're on it. We plan to put up lights. I hope we follow through. But that kind of stuff just really brings joy to my soul. So I'm going to say I'm still sunny and 75. I actually did the same. I put my Christmas tree up probably two weeks ago. Honestly, this is the first year we've had like a real Christmas tree. We only had like a little tabletop tree. My mother-in-law sent us our first year of marriage. That's all we've been rocking with for the past three years. And so this year we have a real full-size Christmas tree. Yet we don't have enough decorations for it. So as my husband said, it's only decorated a quarter of the tree is decorated, but I feel good about it. It don't got all the bells. It don't have all the whistles. We don't even got any light. And my husband was like, well, where are the lights? I said, I forgot we even had lights. I didn't even put no lights on my tree. And do you think I took the stuff off of it and put the lights on? Nope, no light. So our tree is just looking like 2020, okay? We just put our tree up. That's all we did. All the decoration and stuff are in boxes. But you know what? At least it's up, it's standing there. And when we get the, the energy or whatever. See, my thing is, I want to put up the decoration as I'm watching a movie, as I smell cookies baking. Oh, that would I, I be wanna nice. I want to create a whole vibe. But I always fall asleep around like nine. 
<laughs> it's just like you know you have great dreams and aspirations but the follow-through girl on these decorations okay so the trees up Sharika, and you're further than me eb do you have your tree up? a tree a tree for what it's trees outside what i'm gonna put up a christmas tree for that does not surprise me. All I can bit. think about is when he said, you're not going to see that in a Haitian home. And you know what? He's sticking to it. So fair. My wife was trying to do some stuff. Like, she was like, we should put up a, I think it was like a, I don't know if it was a wreath or a banner or something on the door. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Because it was like a, one of those, like, I don't say banner, but like, you know, the door things, Whatever door hangers. But it was like, I just, it looked like more of like a banner because it comes like, it was vertical. Well, I guess mm, okay. I was, yeah, you got vertical banners, but it go like, and it looked like a decent size. So I'm like, I'm gonna be hanging from the top of the door down to like where your ankle at. Like, <laughs> it was like white, green, and red. Of course, have the Christmas colors. It said believe, and then where the eyes were, it had a symbol of a tree, and it, it looked nice. But I'm just saying, like, for what? I'm not mad at it, Evie, because honestly, I usually am like that too. Especially because most of the time, I don't even celebrate Christmas at my house. I'm always gone for Christmas. And so I'd be like, why am I decorating my house? I'm not even here to enjoy it. For good feels. That's why, guys. Come on. Don't be Grinches. I know. That's why I'm coming around this year. I was like, this year I need to put the energy into Christmas. And listen, like we only have quarter of the tree decorated because we didn't even buy no decorations. All those decorations that we have on our tree have been gifted to me or my husband and I co-worker of mine she loves to make things so she's made me 75 percent of the stuff on my tree my in-laws have given us a few ornaments my husband has some donated decorations for the house that he got i don't know where and i made two little art pieces about christmas and those are what's in our house and that's it one day i'm gonna go out and actually buy the nice decorations and put a little more energy but listen this is most energy i've ever put so i feel i'm still feeling good about it. that's how we feeling we hope all y'all that's out there y'all feeling i would say either where we're at or even better hope we ain't got no other people who just in their feels this week and then again if you are we affirm your feelings we hope things get better Aww. let me just say that because sometimes some people like you know get out of your little i guess get out of your feelings or why you complaining or you know but sometimes it's rightfully so so if you feeling some type of way about something or about someone we just hope that that situation gets better i felt that okay i need people to affirm my feelings Thank you, E.B. That just touched my little soul. <laughs> sometimes, because sometimes you do need to get out of them because you've probably been in those feelings all of 2020. <laughs> and it's like, hey, we here. You know, <laughs> some people ain't making it to 2021 and be thankful for the little bit that you do got. This Very week, Sharika, who we got sitting down at the table? Who, who we invite you to the kickback? This person just fits into what we just talked about. I don't know if you all have been on the internet 2020, but if you have, most likely you've heard this lovely woman's voice. I might have to have Sabrina throw a clip in here hello there um real quick can we have a little conversation yes very good i wanted to warn y'all because i didn't want y'all to think she was actually on the podcast we inviting tabitha brown tabitha brown is a social media personality and actress she gained a lot of her popularity this year oddly enough most people things ain't been going well but for tabitha it's been looking at her daughter put her on tiktok and everyone just loved her and then that hello there hello there just it touches my sphere every single time she has been doing a lot of motivational videos when you are in your feelings go listen to tap the brown pull up one of her videos she will encourage your spirit like none other she has the 
sweetest voice and just the beautiful spirit and the hair. It's just fabulous. And I just like, you know what? The world needs more. And what the world needs now is a little Tabitha Brown. And she also has been trying to get people to be healthier with her incorporation of veganism into her videos. She does cooking videos. She was actually on the Red Table Talk this past week with the Smiths doing some cooking and stuff. She has encouraged me and hopefully she'll encourage you guys to follow your dreams. Tabitha Brown is a big dreamer and this year a lot of her dreams have been able to come true even bigger than the dreams she's ever dreamed for herself. God was able to bring those things to fruition for her. So I wanted to share Tabitha Brown you guys today and that's why she's getting our kickback invite shout out to her and shout out to north carolina because she's from a small town in north carolina she sure is don't come for me or come for me if you want to i grew up in maryland virginia and i know people are like well that's the south it's not so when people hit me with the southern hospitality southern charm it to me it gives a negative connotation i feel like it's we're pretending to be nice to you but we really don't like you and you're less than us and beneath us that's the energy i can tell you're not really from the south because that's Thank not you. what it is at all it feels like reality is about letting everyone know we're all a part of one body we're a big family it's come on over the front doors open sweet teas in the refrigerator because otherwise i'd be like because mm, it'd be like that bless your heart and all that i'd be like mm. when we, when everybody knows that really don't mean bless your heart so thank you serena for the <laughs> clarification no i agree with you on the point of I also don't enjoy people who are passive and who are indirect. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. So I think anywhere you go in any region of the world, you'll find those type of people. But don't let those type of people ruin Southern hospitality, Sharika. Come on. I don't know. I just don't be knowing. That's just the impression that people have been giving off. But Tabitha Brown, I brought it up because I want to say that if anybody made me believe that, you know what? I am welcome. The door is open. There is good sweet tea on the counter and a lemon bar or something. It's Tabitha Brown. So question for you and EB then, would you rather have someone be mean to you and be like, no, you can't have any of this sweet tea or someone, maybe they don't like you, but you know what? They're still going to let you have sweet tea. You know, so Southern hospitality. Nope, don't let me have none because I don't. Tr- <laughs> if you don't like me, I don't trust what you're trying to do. It's about treating people with respect and kindness, despite how you feel about them. First of all, I mean, this is how you really know because I'm not even into sweet tea like that. I like the Lipton's fake me out country crop iced tea. I don't even like the real sweet tea. It is disgusting to me. It's like dirty water. I'm not here for it. Besides that, if you don't care for me, let me know up front. Don't try to trick me with your fakeness because I don't know what you're trying to put in my tea. They're not going to do that. Let me know up front. That's the Southern hospitality part. They might feel some type of way about you, but they're still going to show you the love of Christ. There's some people who like right now, if I'm just keeping it real, I'm just thinking about people who I know and I go with celebrities, so I don't, you know, name drop nobody. But if like a T.I. came to me and he was in a savage mode and I would just be like, I'm cool with that because I already know that that's his personality. But if it was somebody else, I'm just like, I might get defensive too. I would want you to keep it real with me and be genuine and authentic and transparent. But then the other part of me was like, don't go acting a fool because I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to have to lay my hands on you. Right. You better go try Jesus. Don't try me. Okay. Like, so I think that's part of it, but you did a great job of explaining what Southern hospitality really is, where it's just like, just because we have a difference, that doesn't mean I'm not going to show love to you because our differences, we can set that aside. Like, it's kind of like when you go to family gatherings, right? 
It's people who you know, like I'm just thinking about my family, last week for Thanksgiving, it's people who we know don't like each other. And it's like, when I say don't like each other, it's just like, we fam- we only here because we family. But when we walk mm-hmm. outside of this house, it's going to be F you forever. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's that type of energy within the family. But for right now, we're going to be calm and collected and we ain't going to go crazy. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things. I'll talk about more stuff, not too much, but a little bit about our family gathering of Thanksgiving later on at lunch. But we ain't going to put that on the pod. Uh, not right now. Not right <laughs> you now. Know what, but you know what crazy. I am going to put on the pod? Because I promise that apple salad wasn't for me. The everything else was solid. But I knew, I knew it might not be for me. But I still took a little sampling. You know, your first plate is a little bit of everything. If you're at a foreign Thanksgiving, that way you can test and not seem rude if you don't like anything. Then your second plate is what you really going to vibe with. Mm -hmm. So I took literally half a spoon, like a serving spoonful, took one little bite. And I was like, well, let me just go ahead and just take it all down because it's over for you and I. I'm going (laughs) to eat this for nourishment and never again. You know what, Maggie? Mom extraordinaire, our good friend told me that is called, she told me that is called a no thank you serving. When you want to be like, no, thank you. She said, that's a little bit is a no thank you serving. So you had your no thank you serving. And you know what? You're a polite guest and good job. It was great though. I had a really good time with the in-laws and yeah, we, uh, my mother-in-law does not play when it comes to the pandemic and We've been sitting outside on the patio for the past nine months. She's like, you want to use a bathroom? You better use a pool bathroom. She does not play. She keeps grandma separated from the rest. So it was good though. We were really blessed to have great weather out on the patio and it's screened in. So we weren't getting eaten up by mosquitoes. So I love you, Kempers. Even though I don't love the apple salad, I do love you. You still haven't been able to tell me what's in the apple salad. So I I, I feel like I'm partially in on the apple salad. I just need to know. Girl, my tongue didn't know. That's why I, there are too many foreign tastes in there. Okay. I was just like, because I thought it was going to be like an apple, walnuts, raisin, marshmallow marshmallow situation okay see, but that's there is some thinking. type of something that just I don't know okay I need to get her on the podcast the person <laughs> I won't say who it is because Doug will literally choke me <laughs> he does not play about his let me tell you so oh I shouldn't say that I'm not in a domestic violence situation you guys he won't literally choke me he never raises his voice he never like gets some type of a heated verbal energy, because he's so even killed when he says something it's just like I have spoken and I'd be feeling it in my soul and I'm like well he has spoken sometimes he literally says I have spoken <laughs> or he'll say to me he'll say no comments and I'll be like haha but I know you're not joking so that means he don't want me to comment back the conversation's over no comment but if that person allows me to I will have them on the pod for a second to tell me what's in it. Yeah, I will be looking forward to that day. So we'll be getting to know what's in the apple salad. And today (laughs) we'll be getting to know us part two. Those of you who are loyal listeners will know a couple months ago, we had an episode where we just answered some questions that Shrika had put in like a little bowl. We just threw them out randomly. And it was a pretty fun time. So we're going to run that back as a gift to you all 
this Christmas season and let you guys get to know us a little bit more. So Sharika, take it away. First question, what is something that you would love to learn to do? Why y'all think I already have mine in mind? Growing up in church, we had a lady who had a deaf nephew and she taught us how to do some songs in sign language. I've loved it since then. When I was older and in college, I took a sign language class as my foreign language. It didn't really fit with my schedule, so I had to jump back on over to Spanish, which I really was terrible at. But I loved sign language. And one of my goals for the longest time was to become fluent in sign language. My goal was to be fluent by 30. 30 has come and gone, still not fluent. But you know what? My husband was like, you can find out online. And you know, everything's online. So I'm pretty sure I could, you know, learn how to do sign language. So that is something I really do want to learn how to do. One, I would want to be a very, very proficient baker. I don't know. Mm. Like, I love sweets. Just shout out to all the people who gave us wedding gifts. We still appreciate y'all. Like we still be like going through stuff and be like, somebody really thought about us and bought this for us. So shout mm-hmm. out to those people. But we have like a whole bunch of baking stuff. And I was telling Judith and I was just like, oh, I'm gonna start baking this year. And then 2020 came and said, no, nah, you're not. It's just time. Even though I had, I felt like I had a lot of time. Yeah, you should have been able to I do think that it's the part know. of just like, you know, buying stuff, like baking the few times that we have baked together, it's a long cleaning process after. Like a lot mm-hmm. of stuff get messy. And like another thing that a lot of people want to know about Haitians is we don't use dishwashers because I know some of y'all probably think, oh, you just want to throw it in the dishwasher. That's not a thing in a Haitian household like that, <laughs> just so you know. But I would say the other thing, like the extreme one, because of say, my love or my passion for just traveling, I would love to learn how to fly a plane like a pilot that's something mm. that's actually on my bucket list i'm telling myself in my 50s and 60s i'm gonna dive into that space of saying this is how i'll spend the last i wouldn't say dive when you're talking about flying but go ahead <laughs> they do dive often <laughs> a little more than they should i would say yeah being a pilot that's definitely on, somewhere on mm-hmm. my bucket list the first thought that came to my mind was math but i'll get off of that <laughs> once Why? you pass like algebra and geometry i was lost in the sauce But you know, I know the math that I need for my adult life. And so I'm not going to say that one because I'm good. I am on the same lines as Sharika with the language. I've always wanted to be fluent in French. And I just never dove into it as much after high school. Like in high school, I could definitely hold my own in a conversation. But really, I just got to the point where I needed to be immersed in the culture to fly off with the language. And that just wasn't happening. And then I just got busy with other things. My second thing is piano. I wish I was a Mm. proficient piano player. And I have a keyboard and I know enough to teach like a basic choir. I know the chords. I know the, the foundation of it but I wish I knew more because sometimes I just want to jam out and it's like little kids when they want to run, but they can barely walk. Mm. You see it in them. They're, they're trying, they want it, but it's just not there. I took piano as a kid, but, and, and part of me would love to learn how to play, but that's something I just don't even see myself putting the energy towards, but you never know what life brings you. So maybe one day I will. All right. This next question is what is your dream job? What is my dream job? I'm doing my dream job. What a blessing. Praise no, God. I would what say that's blessing. one of them. And then the other one, like, I, I really feel like what like what I'm currently doing is what God had called me to do. And I'm not saying like specifically this, but just being in the lives of people, mm-hmm. mainly teens and young adults where I can make an impact. But if I had like kind of like a you could do anything type of dream, one would be to be somewhere within the NBA, mainly like a head coach or something. I feel like I, I don't say I would kill it, but I feel like I would I would excel. Of course, it depends on the team I have and the 
other coaches I have around me and the organization, all those little things, especially for those of us who, like Sabrina said earlier, loyal fans, you would have known some of the stuff we talked about with the last dance and how management mm-hmm. plays a role in players and coaches and all these people have to kind of come together to be great. But another one, like, and I would say something that I want to say I'm striving to, but I, like some days, I don't know if it's me, like a, a personal feeling of wanting it, like a passion of my own, or if it's my calling, but it's to be somewhere like either a school counselor or a school mm-hmm. psychologist where I'm working with. Primarily, I would say high school and middle school kids because I can't really do elementary. I don't have the patience for younger kids like that. God hasn't blessed me with that yet. Mm-hmm. I love my nieces and nephews, and I feel like they give me enough doses of what childhood is like, and I don't want to deal with nobody else's kids that way. So being a school counselor or a school psychologist and bridging the gap between like school kid and families and communities and mm. trying to just give people a better life, a better life than what I have. Oddly enough, E.B., that one point in time, that's what I wanted to do. It's a great thing. I don't think I got it in me these days, but at one point in time, I did want to do that. For me, my dream job, okay, two things. One, for my realistic dream job is to do employee engagement through HR, which I'm in HR now. I have some employee engagement stuff has been creeping into it, but I've been kind of like pushing it because I really want to do it. But I have dreams to make it bigger and to do bigger things. And so, yeah, that is like my realistic dream job. And the reason for me is like, I care about people. I love people. People look at HR like, oh, boo, it's so terrible. I love it because it's like, I I care about people and I want them to have the best experience especially in their working environment you know people spend more time at work than they do other places so what can we do as a company to better support encourage and build up our employees so that's where my heart and passion is my second dream job which is my like I don't think I'll ever do it but Sabrina is trying to encourage me I would love to open up a wedding dress shop I want to be super duper rich and I just want to, I don't really want to be there every day. I want to pop in and out. I want to come in and be like, oh, what's going on with this bride? Oh, let's bless her with a dress. You know, I know her, she's having a hard time. And I just want to be there to be social and have a good time and encourage brides during the most exciting time of their life. And that's really what I want to do. That's why I want to be rich because I don't want to have to be there grinding every day. No, I want to be able to pop in, pop out, have a good store manager. And I just be there to just have a great time. Those are my two dream jobs. Similar to EB, I'm doing my dream job. I've known I wanted this job since I was 14. And the only frustrating thing was knowing that at such a young age, like I got so much discouragement from adults and other people who were just like, well, what's your backup plan or what else you're going to do? And I was just like, first of all, the Lord just told me when I was young, there's some things in life the Lord just gives me such a peace about, and then I just go that direction. And the same leaders who were like, follow the Lord's leading, da, 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 were the same ones were like, but what else though? <laughs> just like, okay. So it goes back to like the story of Joseph when God gave him the dreams and he tried to tell like other people mm-hmm. about it and they were off mm-hmm. that. And you know what? That's fine. Like God didn't give them the dream. If he wanted them to be on that, he would have given them a dream, but he didn't. So I was like, you know Mm -hmm. what? That's fine. I'll just be my little Joseph and lean into the theater and the dance thing. So I was really, really blessed that he just made the path so easy, but it's because what he wanted me to do, I'm doing exactly. Oh, for the listeners who don't know, I am a creative arts director. I teach theater and dance under the context of ministry, which is amazing. I did my internship for a year in the public school and that was pretty cool, but I want to be able to talk about Jesus. 
and I don't mm-hmm. want any hindrance, like, and I want to be able to throw in scripture and whatever, whenever I see fit. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I always said I would either do the job I'm doing now or work for like a private Christian school. Either one of those things would be incredible, but I love the organization I work for and I just love the Lord. In retirement though, my second dream job would be to open like a yoga. And I know yoga is like used for like another religion, but I'm off that. So I would do stretches, I guess, but use a yoga practice just to I think help you people. put some Christian chants in oh, there. Oh, of course. And, and make Christian, a Christian yoga. Absolutely. Christians are always snatching pagan stuff mm-hmm. and being like, this is ours now. So, <laughs> you know, that's a part of like the Christian history. We can get into that later. But I love just a practice that helps people connect to their body, mind, and spirit. We talk about in the Christian faith, God being like this Trinity, right? God, the father, mm-hmm. God, the son, and the Holy spirit. And we're created in his image. But so many times people are disconnected to one aspect of themselves. But when you can have that balance within what you put out is just so much more positive and healthy and strong. So I would love to have a studio like that, that incorporates my faith and performance psychology techniques to help people just be the best versions of themselves and live well. It seems like we're all doing a version of our dream job. And that is a blessing because listen, there's some people out there working just to pay them bills. Or not working because of pandemic. That's their job. Very God blessed. bless those people. So my next question is, what's a top quality you look for in a friend? I look for honesty, reliability slash loyalty. I cannot stand unreliable people. Like that is a huge pet peeve of mine is people being unreliable. I just, I do not like it at all. Caring, because I don't need you to, you know, be just terrible with your honesty, because sometimes honesty can get a bit harsh. And I need my friend to love the my real, like, not just any friends, but my like close, close friends. I need you to love the Lord because I need you to encourage me in the Lord when I'm acting the fool. So those are like some of my few top qualities that I look for in a friend. If I broke it down to one word, it probably would be consistency. And I know everybody is different in the way that they look at certain things. If some people I know would want their friends to evolve. But one of the things I appreciate about some of my friends is the same way that some of my homies been since like middle school and high school. It's the same way they are right now. The same way either they love Jesus or the same way they didn't love Jesus. They the same. And it's like, and I'm not saying you shouldn't change or you shouldn't dive into a relationship with him. So please, listeners, don't hear what I'm not saying. But it's one of those things. It's like that's who that person is, and like some of the stuff that's already been said, they're authentic and transparent within themselves. Like they, that's who they are. Like we have some people who's like, oh yeah, we went to church together, but they haven't been living for Christ since the beginning of time. And it's just like <laughs> they done heard about him all this time, and they since just the haven't changed. Since the beginning of time, since the beginning of day time, at least. So that's one of the things I would definitely say is a sense of consistency. And I think of when I look at my tribe, people who I know I can call on whenever they have been consistent, whether they've been consistently like in my corner, always helping me through situations, whether it's holding me accountable, shooting me scripture verses, praying with me, showing up to visit, whether it's the hospital, whether it's surgery, whether it's this, that, they have been consistent. And then it's other friends who have been consistent in what people may consider their shortcoming. But for me, them being my friends, I know that's who they are. And I think sometimes what we do is, and this is a message to all people, not just one or two, but like sometimes what you do with your friends is comparing friend A to friend B. Mm. Or like those people are different within themselves. So like a sense of consistency 
like I'll just say their name, but a sense of consistency for my homeboy JP may be different from a sense of consistency from my homeboy Vante or my homeboy Lieutenant Dominic or my homeboy Tim or my homeboy God. Like it's different, but it's certain things that this one person does makes me as an individual better. And of course you got the loving and being honest and transparent and loyal mm-hmm. and reliable and trustworthy and all those great things. Some, sometimes it's being funny. Like I need mm-hmm. one who gonna crack jokes and gonna make light of things where it's like, bro, EB, you being too serious right now. And then they just crack a joke. So it's different things, but all of them, I would say all of my close friends, they have a different space within my heart like they play different roles in my life like one thing that one friend might know the other one probably would never find out because that's how our relationship is and it's not like me hiding something from one friend so a message to all of y'all and i'm saying all of y'all again listeners everything is not meant to go in your friends group chat because some of your friends might not really be your friends because all your friends have their own tribe of friends so something that you may have revealed to everybody in a group chat, they may share that with other people. So that's why I talk about the trustworthy part of just saying mm. that like, mm, if this person told your secret or your business the other day, it's likely they'll be consistent to tell your business <laughs> another day. So like, don't share your business with everybody and have consistent friends in your circle. That well, the rapper says there's levels to this ish. Is it Meek Mill? <laughs> yes. I don't know, well, he's one of that. them. Okay. He, uh, he's one of them. I just know that resonates with me when you talk about this because like I can't think of one little thing but there are different levels I mm-hmm. and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong because I honestly feel like because I know there's sin in the world I can be friends with anybody you know what I'm saying like I have mm, friends, I can I know because I have friends that you're like girl <laughs> not like yeah I know this quality about this person but I also know all these other positive qualities about that person. And because I don't, the only friend I need to hit every single point is Jesus. And I have that. Uh, Everybody else, they can be lacking here or there. And I'm like, it's really (laughs) not that serious to me. Maybe it's because I learned to be comfortable being alone. Maybe it's because growing up, my dad was always like, you don't have any friends. (laughs) Like if I was like, oh, my friend said this at school or, oh, can I go to my friend's house? First response was always, you don't have any friends. And that was kind of his way in jest to teach me that it's good for you to learn to rely on yourself and not to need other people in this world or not to be shocked when, you know, you have a friend that, like Evie was saying, maybe isn't your friend and not have to play those sort of mind games. Obviously, having trust in a friendship is so important and not necessarily trust or me believing that that person is trustworthy, but that person being able to trust themselves and love themselves enough to be who they really are and live authentically. That is something that has always been a draw to me because I think when you can be that way, you invite others to be that way. One of my associates from high school posted something the other day and it resonates with this conversation. (laughs) She said, I like people who aren't phase when I'm dramatic like just let me be me I'll be done in like 10 minutes and I feel like I like people who let other people just be them and they aren't phased by it like it's easier for me to say what type of friends I don't want like I was never a part of like the mean girls crowd or uh, this person were better than this person I hated and I loathe people like that and I was I'm really quick to distance myself from people who are like that. I don't like people who are unkind, like, oh, this person, you know, doesn't wear the right shoes, so I can't be seen with them. Like, that kind of superficial Mm -hmm. stuff, I don't like them. 
And those are the type of people I can't be with. But if anyone were to look at my close friends, you'll see I have an eclectic group of people and not similar to Evie, not all of them love Jesus, uh, but they are kind people who seek to do good in the world. And I really, really enjoy that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I should just say kindness. Mm-hmm. But not all my friends are kind. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there really are levels to this. And but like I'm talking about my like I'm calling you or you can call me anytime. There's friends that you tell certain things to, and then there's friends you can tell a little more to. Like there really are levels to this. If I was like, okay, my closest, closest people that over the years that I usually I'm like really, really close with are people who are just honest, honest with themselves, Mm -hmm. honest with others, and can handle honesty and it doesn't like, and people who can have hard conversations and that's okay. But that's mm-hmm. because just that's something I need. Those people aren't better than other people. That's just something that I value and um, <laughs> respect in my life. But Sharika, you're right about the levels. Cause I have a friend that I consider, I'm very, very close to her, but she cannot hold water. That's okay. Because I'm like, yeah. I just don't tell her anything. I don't want other people to know, but she's very, very fun and funny. You know, so. It's like, that's true. Know your people, like Evie said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got to definitely know your people. And the other thing I would say is whether it's a group chat, whether it's a conversation, everybody's at, at dinner, somebody's at, you're at somebody's house or people are at your house, however it works within your circle of gathering. One of the things that I try to say is even your one closest friend, right? I'm talking about your best friend who you know for a fact, or at least in your mind, you think they will mm-hmm. never tell a secret. One of the things you always have to remember if you share this with this person, are you okay with everyone knowing? Like, if we just keep it real, because especially for us three, we're all believers. We know the Lord. So it's kind of like there's a freedom in confession with whoever that person is. Like, mainly, of course, with God. But like, if I tell my friend, it's like, oh, so-and-so finds out. It's kind of like, ah, it's a shoulder shrug. Because hopefully you're not being fake and phony and mm. hiding something behind another friend. Because that sometimes happens as well. And it's like, I don't really like how so-and-so doing da 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 It's like, did you talk to so-and-so? No. It's like, okay, don't tell me about it. I don't care. Like, go talk to them about your feelings, bro. Or I'm going to drop in a group chat and say, hey, what's up? Because we need to come to the table together. That's why we invite people to the kickback. Like, when we come to the table, we have to have these meetings. And then when we talk about either having a fake friend or not having certain friends who are believers or all of those things, I just sit there and look at people. I'm like, man, Jesus sat at the table with Judas. I'll be all right. I don't know if I would be able to do that. I would want to say I would be able to. And I know we talked about it earlier with the Southern hospitality thing of you want somebody to be fake to you or you want somebody to be, you know, nice and kind, all that good stuff. But it's like, if I sat at a table and I knew that somebody is out to get me at this dinner table, I don't know, I guess I probably would have been like Jesus of calling them out and saying, yes, it's going to be you, bro. So I probably would have did that. But then the other part of me would be like, why are you here? Like, I need you to leave now. Go ahead. Like, you're already going to do this to me. So go ahead and go get your people so we can get this over with. Mm. Um, That's what Mm. I think. But I don't know, because I've been in some situations where I I held my tongue. I bit my tongue before and I got 16 stitches. So I try not to bite my tongue no more. That's a real story. We can get to that another time. Not this episode, though. (laughs) Hey, our next question. Where would you like to retire? Haiti. Simple. I'm going back home. Yeah, I would, and I say Haiti as in like that would be base for me. Granted, mm-hmm. I don't know what my wife want to do, but like even right now, but we've discussed the possibility of like starting to look at like 
what you just talked about, where we would retire at a, a place or two. And Haiti was definitely a place where we would mm-hmm. say down the line, more established, like we would look at building a home or a house in Haiti Aww. somewhere. So we've talked about that. Hopefully people don't think I'm bragging or boasting, but I think of my late mother's property, which is now me and my siblings' property in Haiti. My mom daughter had oceanfront property. So it's mm. just like, but being the last of 13 kids, 12 of us still alive, it comes to a lot of, you know, teeth pulling and arguing about little stuff and some who want to sell it and others who don't want to. I'm one of the ones who don't want to because there's no money that can buy your generational, I don't know what to call it, but your heritage, that's like our family. Like we got families who stay there now. So it's just like, if you sell it, your family got to find another place to relocate to. And that's ridiculous because I don't feel like my mom would want that. But that would be one place. But if I had money, money, like I'm flowing in milk and honey money, you could put me in Bora Bora or Maldives or somewhere, like somewhere crazy where I know people can't come find me. I'm retiring. Don't come to me. I'll come to you. But that's me. How about you? What what a dream spot at? I know Sabrina probably about to tell us something like the mountains. So Yep, that's what I was thinking too. I love the mountains and I wouldn't mind having a spot where I could go, but I'm thinking, and I do take care of my body. My body's my instrument. It's my temple, blah, blah, blah. But if I'm old, do I really want to be shoveling snow and dealing with mountain life is beautiful, but mountain life can be demanding on the body. And I don't want to be all, even now when it's dark and rainy, I don't like driving in that. So you add dark and rainy up a mountain and then not 20 minutes to the nearest grocery store, I got to go down the mountain. I'm not doing all that fighting (laughs) the bears, but I do love the mountains. So I would love to have just like a home there where I could be like, okay, well this time of year, we're going to the mountains for the fall, you know, a little something slight Mm -hmm. before the snow comes. Or just, you know, something like that but I don't know if I want to live there every single day I would definitely do something in the U.S. because even though I don't see my family that much I wouldn't want to be very far I don't want to be close to like friends and stuff E.B. we're gonna miss you if you go to Bora Bora I know. No, so Bora Bora, <laughs> like, well, one, we talk about retirement. So like, if I'm retired, like, and even with, with Haiti, whether it be Haiti or Bora Bora, like one of the things that I see myself doing, which I'm trying to get my dad to do, because he's well over retirement age already. Like he just hit, I want to say 67 this year. And he could retire two years ago, but he says just not enough to do for him. Mm. And he don't want to be bored or whatnot. I'm like, I find something to do, bro. Just in America alone, my dog got like 14 grandkids, but he was like, Nah, we good. I can see them and I can deliver them back. I'm not babysitting grandkids in retirement. That's not that's not retirement for me. I did enough with my kids. They they got parents. They can do their job. Okay. But I, like for me, I would do it where whether it be Haiti or Bora Bora, it'd be like I'm here for two or three months and then back here. Like so, my mm. probably home would still probably be in Florida. Or whatever. Like if it's up to me, this is where we would be purchasing a home at here in this. I would say cool, crazy, chaotic state of ours in Florida. <laughs> but I would just you know be back and forth. So I still show my face. I want. I don't want to be in a place where I retire and I'm there, three sixty five. Like I would want to be able to travel and hit and miss when I when I choose to. You know, all of us were on our Dave Ramsey. We're financially responsible. So by that time, we'll have like two or three spots we can escape to. Okay. When I think about retirement, and this might sound funny, I just want to go wherever I can be comfortable with Doug. Just so like you're about to have house, an RV? I'm not comfortable in that. No. Don't play me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not for play play, as they say, Evie. How dare you? <laughs> 
<laughs> now listen, I know people from the Caucasus Mountains be all about the RV life. That's not me. You know, I think it's a fun adventure. And maybe it's because I've never been in one. When I think about an RV, I just think about like a charter bus with a blanket. And I'm like, Ugh, I just can't <laughs> sleep in that. Maybe I just haven't been exposed to RV life. I don't right? want to live in one, but I want to go on an RV trip. Yeah, fine. And I'm down for anything. I jumped out of the sky with Doug, you know, and I'm afraid of heights. I'll do that. But for retirement, once again, yeah. maybe I'm old. <laughs> I want to sleep in the lap of luxury and in comfort. Unless I have like an RV, (laughs) a fancy hotel room suite. Like, I don't know, all that driving. Just anywhere comfortable with Doug. Like I told him I could retire in the home run now. But Doug's thing is, as soon as we're done paying this off, he wants to keep building real estate and build homes. And I'm like, ah, just, I'm just so content where we are. As long as we are healthy and near grocery store, because I just don't want to be far from grocery. You guys know I love food. I don't want to be far from any place with food. So whether it's the mountains, which I don't see that being the permanent spot, the beach, it has to, wherever it is, we're going to have a nice view and we're going to have trails because I love nature. Another thing is I don't see myself in retirement being home a lot. So I'm not tied to like a certain building. And maybe that's why you said RV because you know, I love to travel. I feel like we're going to be all over the place. So there we go. Sharika. I just want to be near my family. Lord willing, I'll have kids and I just want to be near my family. I just want to be like a few years ago, my cousin got married. They live in New York. My aunt lived here 10 minutes this way. My other cousin lived here 10 minutes that way. Her other son lived there 10 minutes the other way. My cousin, my other cousin lived there. And I was just like, I want this. Like, I just want to be able to be like family dinner, everyone over. Or I just want to be like, it's so-and-so's birthday. Let's come over. I just want to be near my family or really good friends like that have become family like I'm at now. I don't know if EB moves to Bora Bora, Sabrina's on the road. Lord willing, the, the Lord will give me kids and grandkids but wherever my loved ones are that's where I want to be I have another question for you guys what is your favorite tv show mine's changes over the time but all time just one or you can give a few if you have a few like mine I'll just go with my Gilmore Girls I've loved Gilmore Girls for the longest I don't even watch that much tv anymore but I look at Gilmore Girls like a comfy blanket how is it comforting when Rory is a hot mess I guess it's like those friends you just know what you're getting from them it's like she's a hot mess but you know no, we still love her there's just episodes that i can just go back and watch over and over again so that's like the top show that's like always my go-to i'm gonna give y'all three i'm actually give y'all four because i can literally watch all of these <laughs> on repeat from now until the end of time without no new creation coming out and i'll be perfectly fine uh, martin uh-huh. fresh prince of bel-air uh-huh saved by the bell okay and criminal minds i can watch those four forever and be good. Criminal mind, that's the thing I always say that I, or behavior analyst unit, whatever the BAU is. But like one of the things I always wanted to do is like work for like either the FBI or CIA as either like a translator, but that was only to get like confidential information from, um, I don't know, some days I used to just think crazy stuff. Like what if I turned on this country? Um, shout out to the people who's like, oh, he's one of them. We need to send mm-hmm. him back. No, I'm not. It just, I just <laughs> felt like it was a cool job because you see it in these different movies. It's just like, somebody gets to do that. Or like, like it's real deal spies in this world. It's just like, how is this a thing? But that would be four shows that I really enjoy. 
And it's kind of like in that order of Martin and Friends. I say Friends. Well, no, not Friends. Don't watch that. Um, if you're going to watch Friends, watch Living Single. It's better. Ooh, Trust love me. it. Love it. It's way better. Um, one Friends copy Living Single. Trying to take the culture. Sure. Don't let cultural appropriation be part of your life. But Martin would definitely be at the top of that list. The Martin and First Prince does not surprise me. But I was surprised by Saved by the Bell. But I love me some Saved by the Bell. Well, my favorite is when they go to work at the beach. Sabrina, do you have a few? I don't know, Sharika. My brain... I'm panicking because I can't think of a TV show. It's okay. I like a lot of, I dabble here and there. As a kid, I've really enjoyed Hey Arnold. I rewatched I it like two years ago and I loved every single episode of that little cartoon with the move it football head. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about cartoons one day. Yeah. So I also really love the Bernie Mac show. It was so good, so funny. There's so many little parallels between his family and things I saw in my family. And anything that makes me laugh is always going to be a winner. That being said, it's hard for me to nail one favorite because I like so many different things at different times in my life. Like during the pandemic, I too was enjoying Gilmore Girls for the first time. Shout out to Sharika and the Stickneys for getting me on that. And I fell in love with Heart of Dixie. Heart of Dixie is so good. It's so feel good. In college, I love The Office. And I would have easily said, oh, The Office is my all-time favorite show. And then also Arrested Development was another one in college that I was really, really obsessed with. So I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite, but there are some that I do like, a lot that I like. And I would watch over and over again as well. What's your dream car? Oh, that's easy. Mustang. I have one and and then Ooh. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. The reason I drive like a grandma now is because of that Mustang. The speeding tickets just were it for me at the time. And <laughs> I just love sports cars, the sleekness, the beauty, like a Camaro or a Mustang. Mm. I think drop tops are overrated because it gets really hot and the wind and the rain. I don't love it, especially on a long trip. I don't want to be with the elements for the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I do love sports cars. All right. I'm going to tell you mine. This car tells you everything about me. It is a Toyota Highlander because it is a big car that can fit people. And I just love to be around family and friends. And I just want to have something that can carry the people. But if I was rich, uh, expensive version of that. So whatever the Lexus Highlander or Mercedes version of the Highlander, a big SUV that can tote all my kids and friends. That's what I want. You probably want a G-Wagon. You should look it well, up. Well, there you go. That's what it is. Actually, my mother-in-law has a Toyota Highlander. That thing mm-hmm. big. That's that's a nice little big body. My regular car would be like people gonna be like, really? That's your dream car? Would be just the Toyota Camry. I'm a Haitian, so Toyota's gonna always be in my blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was like Sharika said, if I had the money, it probably would be a Rolls Royce rate. And for those of you who want to look up what it looks like, it's W R A I T H Rolls Royce. Right. And I'll probably have that or a Rolls Royce Don, D-A-W-N, drop top Rolls Royce. And it just looks great. And if you're feeling kind in this lovely month of December and God has blessed you abundantly throughout 2020 and you want to get me, Sabrina and Sharika a gift, we just told you something that we would be okay with. We would <laughs> gladly appreciate it. Maybe you can't do it, but you know people who can. You can just, you know, send our little wish list to them and we'll be greatly appreciative of you thinking about us. Ooh, that Rose Royce is nice. Here's our last question. What is one of your favorite things about God? 
See, you can't do that in safe one. Um, <laughs> That's a good question. Okay. Though. A few things. Okay, just a Don't, few. I, I'll go quick with mine, though. Of okay. course, I'll say his love that somebody thought about me so much. Like somebody, like we talked about earlier, having solid friends in your circle. But this man loved me so much that he dedicated and sacrificed on behalf of me as an individual, as the world as well, but thought about me. His sense of grace, where no matter what I do, like he's literally still standing there with arms wide open to receive me, which continues into like, you know, his forgiveness and his mercy. And then mm-hmm. that someone can literally tell you that no matter what you think about yourself or no matter what plan you have for your life, no matter what promises other people have given you, and they've even followed through with those promises, what I have for you is greater than all of that. Mm. So like just trust in me or have a sense of faith in me. And like, I will give you, like, I'll give you the best world. I'll give you the best space. I'll give you the best life, which is eternal, but it's like the best life that you'll ever be able to just experience. Those are just a few things. And I know somebody said, what? They didn't say this about God, but it's just like, it's so much, but those would be definitely within the short list of top things that I really love about God and which has captivated me to continue my relationship with him and to share the good news about him to other people. For me, it is definitely God's love. And for all the things E.B. said, I am also, I love God because I'm so grateful for his grace because I got trash ways and I need God's grace to get me through. I need God's grace to forgive me when I am just all the way trash. So I am so grateful to God for his grace. And I love God because God is a God of miracles and he can do all the things. And he loves us so much that he withholds nothing from those he loves. Those are a few reasons why I just love the Lord. I love the mystery of God Mm. and the creativity. Like I think about the term a beautiful mind and it has nothing to do with the movie, but to create us to be in relationship with him and nature and the way all the pieces y'all have seen that meme with the guy and he's pointing to the board and it's like he's trying to connect all the pieces and he looks Mm. crazy but that's how like the story is it's so well thought out it's so well planned and we can comprehend so much that we love right the forgiveness the grace the mercy the justice all of that and we still only know the bible says we see in part Mm. and i'm like if this is in part i love what i even don't know for myself i've never been afraid to die death is like the next great adventure because i feel Mm. like finally finally like part two when i close my eyes and take that final breath to be one with the lord and this could come from this sense that I have in life that I'm never able to get to that point where I can reach my full potential, right? And work. I have so many ideas and visions for the future. And I feel like I'm like the one that's pushing it along or people aren't seeing it with me or whatever the case may be. And God, I feel like he has designed us in such a way where we have this capacity to grow and, you know, be complete in him and reach this, this potential in him. And Death, like that end is the beginning because you're finally, you're full circle and things are complete. And that is just beautiful. I can't even imagine. So Mm -hmm. I'm just excited. Like, don't kill me right now or anything because (laughs) I don't want people to think. But if I were, like, if someone were to say, okay, you're going to die tomorrow, I feel I'd like to think I'd be at peace with that because I'd be like, low key, mom, I know you're sad, but now I get to like not only not pay taxes, but see the next part of this story if you get donald trump accountant you won't have to pay taxes either <laughs> now, let me stop i'll just, I'll just mess with y'all because he pays out. taxes in other ways shout he pays out. taxes in other ways <laughs> not enough ways but shout out to the president 
<laughs> and the incoming one. Shout out to both of them. All right. Well, thank you guys for enjoying this. Hopefully you got to know us a little bit more and share on your social media or our social media a little bit about yourself and maybe answer some of the questions that we answered today. We would love to hear from you guys. Sabrina, what happened back in the day? You guys know the 63rd Grammy Awards are right around the corner. They're going to air Sunday, January 31st on CBS, but the nominations are here now. They just dropped. And when those nominations dropped, the drama that ensued, Justin Bieber was mad his album was nominated in the pop category and not the R&B category. The weekend felt looked over and Drake said, somebody needs to create a new award that reflects the people's choices. Notice how he said somebody, right? <laughs> and not himself. So anyway, in light of that, I thought it would be fun to go into the history of the Grammys. The Grammy Awards are the most prestigious music awards featured each year, usually on television. They began as the Gramophone Awards, and the first one took place in 1958. At that time, the Academy Awards, also known as the Oscars and the Emmy Awards, both recognized the leading artists in film and television. But there wasn't anything that was like the equivalent of that in the music world. So following the Hollywood Walk of Fame project, which began in the 1950s, a renewed interest in music and the recording industry led to the creation of the Grammy Awards as a way to honor the music industry's most talented composers, songwriters, and musicians. Each year, an award is given in dozens of categories. And if you watch them on TV, you often see the most well-known artists receiving awards, but there are actually like a lot more that are not shown live on screen. The number of categories and Grammys awarded each year has fluctuated as more categories have been added and some have been retired. The very first Grammy Awards event just included 28 categories, but now we have 84. So there's a lot. There are genres such as like pop, rock, new age, gospel, contemporary Christian, Latin, American roots, which I don't even know what American roots music would be considered, but that's a category. Children, spoken word is a category. So there's a lot of categories, a lot of chances to be recognized for your work. There are also categories awarded each year, which encompass all the genres and musical types. These include best new artists, Song of the Year, Album of the Year, Record of the Year. Fun fact, there are only two artists who have ever won all four of these categories. Guess who those two artists are? Michael Jackson. Dang. Beyonce. You know what? Michael Jackson sounds like a good answer. I ooh, I don't know. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to answer. And then maybe after I answer, y'all will feel like Drake and other people. The two artists who have won all four of these are Christopher Cross. I'll admit I have no clue who he is, but that's not saying much because I usually know like the song and not who wrote it or who sings it most of the time. Do you guys know who Christopher Cross is? That says crisscross jump jump. I can't tell you. It is definitely not him. Uh, it is yeah, a, no, not it's him. A old, it's an old white man. <laughs> He's a popular songwriter, like in that in that oh, space. Oh, songwriter. Okay, so the well, other one he is... sings too. He's a singer and songwriter, but like he's what known for a lot songs? of the songs he's written. Ride like the wind, but it's like in the seventies, y'all. Like this is before we were born. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Right. That sounds like something on a Lifetime movie. <laughs> before we were born. Background. Okay, but anyway, Christopher Cross and Adele. So not Michael Jackson. Okay, not now we're talking Adele. Yes, she is great. In addition, 
Well-known recording artists who have made an impact on the music industry are also recognized each year through various awards for philanthropy and education, as well as through innovation in music and sound. These awards include Lifetime Hall of Fame Award and the Grammy Hall of Fame Award, which has been awarded to songs like At Last, Respect, Shout by the Isley Brothers. And y'all know Shout, that, what was it? Laundry detergent commercial, make sure we all were on that. And then to that, I don't even know, uh, Mr. Tambourine Man by Bob Dylan and You Really Got Me by The Kinks. There's a long list of songs who have gotten the Grammy Hall of Fame Award. There's also the Grammy Trustees Award, which is given to artists and individuals who have made significant contributions, both financial and otherwise to the world of music. And two people that we would recognize who've gotten this award would be like Walt Disney and Quincy Jones. There's a Music Cares Person of the Year Award. Music Cares organization is a recording academy's charitable organization, and they recognize individuals who have demonstrated a willingness and a desire to work with various charitable endeavors and have also been instrumental in creating their own charities and initiatives. So Dolly Parton got this award, and I want to say shout out to her for her efforts to help with the coronavirus vaccine. It has nothing to do with music and the arts, but she's just like, you know what, I care about humanity. So thank you, Dolly Parton, you deserve that award. Now, this is where it gets juicy. Let's jump into the process of voting for the Grammys. The award nominees include hundreds of music experts in various genres. The first step in the process involves recording studios and recording academy members submitting their entries for consideration. So a fun fact is only members in good standing who have paid their yearly dues are able to vote. So once again, this makes me think of what Dr. Dixon talked to us about with who gets welfare and just like some nuances in the system. So basically, if you don't have the money, you could be an amazing artist, but if there's not somebody with money who can vouch for you, you're just not going to get a Grammy. You know, little things like that. So beyond that, once a panel of experts have screened each of the entries for the Grammy, like they have to make sure it's the right production year and appropriate genre and all that kind of stuff, then the entries are voted on in a ballot by the Recording Academy members. Members are only able to vote in categories that they have the most expertise in, as well as the four main categories. So everybody can vote for Best New Artist, Song of the Year, Album of the Year, Record of the Year, but like Sabrina, I can't vote for American Roots because I don't even know what <laughs> that genre is. So then the ballots are sent to an independent accounting firm who tallies the votes and provides a list of final nominations to be considered by the National Review Committee. Nominees are then voted on by Academy members and the votes are once again tallied by an independent accounting firm. The results are sealed in envelopes which are not revealed until the award ceremony. If you want to know more about the history of the Grammys, you can go to the Musicians Hall of Fame in Nashville. They have an interactive Grammy Museum and you can learn about past winners and past nominees and you can even go into like a recording studio that has a real mixing board and provide backup vocals for Ray Charles although I feel like Ray Charles is somewhere in his grave like I don't really disrespect me and have all these people who can't, who can't sing recording with my voice but it's just like a little fun thing so some of these artists and these are artists who like Justin Bieber was nominated in four categories and you're still not happy the artists mm-hmm. say that they don't care about the awards and awards don't matter but then if they don't get nominated or when the one like they feel some type of way, I would say just 
love the one you're with. Okay. Love the moment you're with, love the art you're creating. You're not creating it to get an accolade. If they acknowledge you, whoop-de-doo. If they don't, whoop-de-doo, right? Like learn to be content in every situation, artists, because there's a lot of really talented people out here that the world will never know about. Mm, and that's it for back in the day. But those awards do affect people's pockets. I understand, but you're right. If you're doing it for the love of it, sometimes you just got to get your acknowledgement from the Lord. <laughs> that just be how it is sometimes. We do want a fair system. And I hear what Drake is saying. If you're not appreciated where you are, go do your own thing. Yeah, Drake is just waiting for somebody to do that. So somebody <laughs> come up with a different system. Because I thought the Grammys history went back a lot like later, but mm-hmm. I don't even think, is it a hundred years yet? I don't think so. No, because mm-hmm. I said the 63rd Grammy. So mm-hmm. sure, if somebody else come up with something and I would love to see something that was voted on by the people. Well, they but do have they awards like that. that. Like yeah, the they already pe- had that. And, and billboards awards for stuff that's high on the billboards. The Grammys is just like their own thing. Yeah. And it that You know, it is has that notoriety and does come with bigger paychecks and bigger opportunities when you are a Grammy award winning artist. So I, I get it. But like Sabrina says, you know what? You got to get them dues in and you get on the committee. I don't know how you get on the committee, but get on the committee. I was watching The Real and they were talking about this as well. And Adrian Barlon, she was saying, you know, like people don't be voting. You be on there, but you don't send your vote in. And that's why it's important to vote. So, you know, we need to get, I don't know how many people of color or other ethnicities are on there, but find y'all's way on the committee, pay your dues and cash your vote. I'm yeah. interested in how much the dues are. And I'm interested yeah. in listening to Justin Bieber's album, Changes. Is this the album that has that yummy on it and the intention song? I'm sorry, Justin, those are still pop vibes. Mm-hmm. I know you know a lot of people who sing R&B and Justin has an incredible voice, but I can honestly understand why they said, here's some Grammys for pop. <laughs> this isn't it. EB, what are you expounding on today? Oh, man, I'm not expounding on the Grammys. And I'm actually not expounding on much because some of y'all probably was like, I don't know what's going on with this thing that I've seen or this meme of this athlete or what looks like a boxer just laying down, face down, <laughs> laid out on the mat. So for mm-hmm. some of you, you might not know, but there is a guy. This guy is named Jake Joseph Paul Jake Joseph Paul is a fairly young man. He's 23 years old from the great state of Ohio. People know him because he is a very popular American YouTuber. He's an internet personality. He's a little bit of an actor. And now he is officially a 2-0 professional boxer. Some people might wonder, how does this guy become a YouTube star? What did he do? Now, for some of you who are thinking like, I need to become a YouTube star so I can make it that way. I will let you know that he didn't just come out of nowhere and just hop on YouTube. No, he was basically a very, very famous person on Vine. So he kind of been popular a while ago. And then that transitioned into him playing in the role, I would say, of Dirk Man on the Disney Channel series, Bizarre Vark for two seasons. So it's not like he just out of nowhere became this guy. Remember, I just told you he was 23 years old. So that means it's a lot of young people who's probably very, very familiar with him from his time on the Disney Channel. He got mm. a couple other films that he done dove into or that he done showed his face on. He done been a special guest at times on shows like Walk the Prank 
or The Price is Right. He also hmm. has online roles, or I guess you can say his own docu-series from about two years ago. And it's all on YouTube. So if you want to know more about Jake Joseph Paul, you can just check that out. I can tell you that some of his content is the opposite of the recycling bin. And if you don't get that, that means it's trash. But maybe <laughs> it might be great taste for you. I don't know. Now, there's this other guy by the name of Nathaniel Cornelius Robinson. People know him as a professional basketball player. People know him as Nate Robinson. People know him as the guy who sits here at five foot nine, but can dunk over any and everybody. He dunks so well that he is a three-time NBA slam dunk champion. That's pretty impressive. Also been an MVP in the Venezuelan basketball league. He's been an All-American. You know, he, he felt like he was that guy because he played a few different sports. When he was in college, he was a two-time first team. For those of you who are not avid sports fans, but I mean, like out of everybody in this Pac-10 or within this conference, which is usually ranges around about eight to 12 or so college team, he was one of the five best players on all of these eight to 12 teams or whatnot. So Nate Robinson or Nathaniel Cornelius, because we just going to call him by his government name for his foolishness that he provided the other day. Nathaniel Cornelius Robinson decided to let the world know that he is more than just a basketball player. He says that he can go out there and play football. He can go play soccer. He can go run track. He can go play tennis. He can go play any given sport. So as he's doing all this hooting and hollering via the internet, Jake, who we told you about earlier, said, well, get in the boxing ring with me. Nathaniel decided to get in the boxing ring after a few series of, I guess you can say, training and workouts after a few months. And they decided to be part of, I guess you could say, a co-main event of the one and only Iron Mike Tyson going against Roy Jones Jr., which was also a solid fight. Well, just so you know, it didn't turn out too well for Nathaniel. Nathaniel basically just got in the ring, got his face and his head beat in, and he laid out and took a, basically just took a nap on the map. If you want to look it up, you can just put in Jake Paul and Nate Robinson at YouTube. What I mean, it was basically over before it started. You know how you wake up in the morning and you just like, I really got to go to work today. That was the face he made after he got knocked out. He was like, what just happened to me? And he literally was just laid out. Or well, some people were concerned for him because he like just couldn't get up at one point. And I'm saying couldn't Aww. get up. Like they was trying to get him on the stool, but he kept on falling. All that to say is earlier we talked about some of our interests in life, things that we would want to be or things that we could be, or things that we see as what we're currently doing, but also our dream jobs. There's also a phrase that a lot of people like to share from time to time, and I'm sharing this with Nate Robinson, if he's listening, and I'm sharing this with the rest of the world. Stay in your lane. There's some stuff that you don't have to attempt. It's great to go maybe deep sea fishing. Maybe you want to go swimming with sharks. Maybe you want to get in the cage with a lion. Maybe you want to be like me and Sabrina and jump out of a plane and go skydiving with our significant other. All those things are great. Those things are two thumbs up. It's amazing to do new things. But there's also some things that you just shouldn't do. If you're not a boxer, you shouldn't get in the ring and try to fight somebody. Maybe you find a boxing friend and say, hey, do you want to fight this guy for me? Because I'm tired of him talking smack. But some battles are not for you to fight. Scripture even tells us that vengeance is for the Lord. <laughs> the battle is not yours, it's the, the Lord's. <laughs> the battle is not Richard yours. Like, that's what the scriptures say. And y'all know us, we are Bible-believing individuals, and we try to live that out as much as we can. Even in Exodus, right? It says, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. He was stay still. Matt, he, he did stay still. He stayed still, all right? But he didn't oh, let the Lord fight for him. Today. <laughs> but all that to say is, nah, man, like, being real, we want y'all to just make sure you stay in your lane. And also, just because certain people, whether it be 
um, internet or I would say media personalities or maybe somebody in your family or maybe somebody, a friend, maybe a coworker, they might get under your skin, but it's certain battles that you shouldn't try to fight. Maybe you just accept those differences and say, <laughs> you got this, you got this. I'm gonna just pray for you. Cause he should have just prayed for him. Cause he, he was out there trying to P R E Y Jake, but Jake was actually the prey. And now us in the world, now we praying for him to make sure that he's okay. And there's some other stuff that I would say about Nate Robinson, but I'm going to leave that out because he really tried to do a good thing. He said that he was doing this because some people consider Jake Paul, I'm just saying, some people consider Jake Paul to be a racist. Nate Robinson said that he was doing this for the NBA players. And he said oh, that man, he, that's was even worse. he was doing this for the NBA players. He was doing this for racism everywhere for, for us to stop. Basically, to come to an end, it's other ways to fight racism, people. Well, we let racism beat us. Yeah, you don't have. And and the last thing I wanted to see was that (laughs) the EB said it. He expounded on it exactly. Stop fighting battles that aren't yours. Some battles belong to the Lord. And as I said with the African angels, stop bringing us in it. If you want to fight, fight on your own. He's not a mean. And he had to go home to his kids and his spouse. That's embarrassing. They watch daddy do that. I feel sorry for them in school. The only thing that gives me solace is like, I'm like, oh, maybe it's not real. Just like WWF Smackdown Thursday night. It wasn't no, real. No, that is real. You can go see the lumps on his You can go see the lumps on his head. He was swollen. We need somebody to fight Jake Paul now. We need payback. We needed a winner. We didn't need this. This is not what we needed. Somebody call on the rock. Okay. Listen, at this point, I'll take Kevin Hart. So- <laughs> no, because Kevin Hart might get He definitely going to get beat up. <laughs> He'll get beat up, too. He, he too small. As you said, there's a technique, and it's not like for play-play. It's but, not like But Jake Paul play. wasn't a real boxer, and yeah, he's but, out and here he did, doing it. He did the work to get to get the techniques he needed to get in the ring. He didn't just yeah. hop out of bed and say, I'm going to go box. Oh, man. What's Mike Tyson doing? Can he... He had fought, he fought he that same night. He fought yeah, that same night. But can he fight Jake Paul or not? Jake Paul wouldn't nah, fight he him. would kill him. He would kill yeah, him. He would kill him. Yeah. Mike's still out here for real, for real. Okay, what are we recommending today, friends? I have two things. The first thing I have is call a friend. Call somebody you have not talked to in a long time. Somebody that keeps popping up on your mind, you know, that the Lord is putting on your heart. Call that person. This is the season to reach out to those who may need an encouragement or just a, hey, how's it going? 2020 has been a real, you know what, I'm checking in on you. So my number one recommendation is to check in on somebody, give a friend a call, call and encourage someone. My number two recommendation is the marriage journal. The marriage journal is a weekly communication journal for your marriage. It will help you understand and connect with your spouse. The foundation of the marriage journal is six questions you will ask each other every week. Sabrina had mentioned this before, but there's a whole journal that you would do it once a week. There's a devotional, and then there's these six questions that you ask your spouse. And then one question that you ask, like I think once a month. I have bought the marriage journal. You can do it every year, but I this year I did not do it, but I'm thinking about picking it back up in 2021. So I want to encourage you, if you have married friends, if you are married yourself, you know, pick up the marriage journal or give it as a Christmas gift. I really enjoyed the marriage journal and it is written by Jeremy and Audrey Roloff. I don't know if you've ever heard of the show, Little People, Big World, but um, Jeremy Roloff was one of the children of the 
couple on Little People Big World and him and his wife had this marriage journal that is really a great encouragement. So that is my recommendation for you today. Check out the marriage journal. Buy it as a gift. Buy it for yourself. All right, you guys, it's time to get off the couch and get running with the official Couch to 5K training app. Now, there are a lot of Couch to 5K apps. I love the one that I use, but I think only Apple users can use Couch to 5K run training app. There are so many apps like this for all types of users. You guys, it is so great. You can spend just 20 to 30 minutes three times a week for nine weeks, and you'll be ready to finish your first 5K. I love Mm. it because it's not like run faster, run slower, like my other app does to me. (laughs) This one is just like, you know, walk. Now it's time to run. You walk a little, you run a little. It's great. It's really helped me get back into shape. And every day I get like a little endorphin rush because it tells me like the goal, like if I ran a seven minute mile the day before, it'll then the next day, if I run like a six minute, 30 second mile, it'll be like, good job. So I do like it. You guys, we got to get moving. So many people are in over like the pandemic has really made me a stationary mm-hmm. person. Get outside, get running. I even ran the other day. Well, when I first ran, it started to drizzle. Then it was pouring down rain and I was still running because I just felt so good about being out there. Yes, I ran in the cold down. with my hoodie and my leggings. There's no excuse. If your gym is closed and you're a gym person, guess what? You got Pat and Joe. You have a neighborhood. Let's go. And you can use the Couch to 5K app to help you. So quote from Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley is a pastor in Georgia. And I never really realized it until he said it in the way he articulated it. But he said, Jesus never leveraged his power for his sake, but always for the sake of other people. Like, Mm. what do you do when you're the most powerful person in the room? And would that be financials, whether that be strength, whether that be authority, like, what do you do with that? And he talked about the time where basically when Jesus was washing his disciples feet, like he's the most powerful person in the world, but he's powerful person in the room, but he's doing something that typically you'll see servants. Um, And he told them that he came to serve. So you're probably thinking like, that sounds good, but what are you, what do you want me to dive into? Um, I will say this as a disclaimer, this is not for everybody. This might be for some people, might be for one person. But I would recommend you go watch Dave Chappelle's Unforgiven special. Mm. Now, we're all adults, or most of the people from what I know listen to are adults. There's a few things that he says that might not be to your liking. He cuss. There are a lot of people cuss. Our president cuss. He calls grown men SOBs. So it's not Some like- Some of y'all not- cuss. Yeah, it's not like we haven't heard it before. But he talks about why people should stop watching his show which is crazy, right? Because a lot of times we think that all of these celebrities are, I need this money, or I need you to do this, or I want this notoriety, or I want this fame, or I want to be the most popular person. But it's sometimes, like we talked about earlier, what Sabrina was alluding to, it's like there's different levels. He got to a level in a space where he became more aware of what people would consider the monster, or the corporation, or the beast, or whatever words you want to use. And he was like, I basically been been boozled all this time, and I need to educate and empower other people. Now, he can just be the most powerful person in the space of comedic world and just be like, everybody got to learn on their own. They got to learn the same way I had to learn. They're going to learn the hard way. But no, he's allowing his knowledge to um, basically be 
shared or he's sharing his knowledge with others so they don't have to fight the same difficult fight mm -hmm. that he had to fight or that he's still fighting. So I would just say kickback fam, just check it out. Let us know your thoughts. Hit us up. Um, we would love to know what you think about his special. And it's not that long. I want to say like 20 minutes. So you Good. can be in and out and I think you would enjoy it. And maybe it's something that you're dealing with in your family, maybe in your workplace, maybe in your church, where it's just like, oh man, they're taking advantage of me. And I ain't gonna give too much about it, but I would just encourage you to check it out. That's what I'm recommending this week. As always, from Sabrina, Sharika, and myself, or me, or I, for all you grammatical geeks out there, <laughs> thanks for listening to The Kickback. If you're down with the squad, make sure you share it with your peoples and you subscribe. Hit us up on our social media. Email us for topics, comments, and questions that you may have. Or maybe it's something that we said and you like, nah, y'all really tripping on this one. Or maybe it's something that really resonated with you and like, I really felt that when y'all said that. But as always, if life tries to knock you down, just make sure you kick back until next week. Peace.